Hello, Matt. Hey, Mike. Welcome to Yes Podcast, maybe do? Do yes while true? Until end of file? Confirm. Yes, no? Abort, retry, fail. Hello, and welcome to Hacking the Gripson, where we make terrible programming uh, jokes on the fly that You're don't welcome. really... That don't really compile, uh, honestly. I might have to go back and debug that. Um, but yes, uh, so we are in the middle of December, almost the middle of December. So we're doing a check-in on this episode uh, for Advent of Code. Uh, it's been a few days since the last time we talked, and so there's been a bunch of puzzles and things to talk about. Uh, how are you feeling about this year so far, Matt? It's harder than past years. <laughs> Good. Um, I feel that way too. I, uh, on the other hand, I have at the ex- current moment that we are talking, I have two stars on every single problem that exists. Very nice. Congrats. Which I couldn't have said about an hour ago. <laughs> now, now, uh, now, without checking, would you say that at this time of the month in previous years, you would have said the same that you had two stars all the way? Mm, maybe. Uh, but, uh, possibly not last year because last year I was doing everything in a language I didn't know super well. And since I was using TypeScript, I know it a lot better this year, but I'm also using Python, which is kind of my, my bread and butter when it comes to programming. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's making my life a little easier this year as well. The problems definitely seem more complex. I know. I I agree that I think the first, even beyond the first three days that we talked about last time. Yeah. There seemed to be like. And maybe this was just the memes on the subreddit that were that were informing me, but like it seemed like the odd days were harder and the even days were easier. It was almost like back and forth in terms of like complexity, but I don't think that that pattern has necessarily held. But there definitely seems to be some up and down. Uh, you know, it's it's not like they started easy and are gradually getting harder. They kind of it's more yeah, of a the- waveform, like like a sine wave. Yeah. I will say, I think that waveform is trending upwards, but it definitely mm. is oscillating. Um, yes. For example, just uh, yesterday was day 10. Uh, the, as we're recording this, this is day 11, December 11th. Yes. I don't know when it's going to go out. So day 10, parts of it really hard, parts of it like really, really hard. <laughs> um, 11, I was done. I Once I had a chance to actually sit down and do it, I was done in like 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so partly I mean, because, in, in, and partly because a, a weird choice I made in part one just paid off in part two. I, I, I have a story. Well, it's, yeah, I have a similar thing about day nine. Yeah, I think day I nine do as well. Was, <laughs> but let's yeah, start uh, at four. <laughs> okay, let's start at four. Let's just jump right into it. So, uh, why don't you give us, uh, day four? What, what did we All have right. to do on day four? Day four is called scratch cards. It's after we, uh. Solved the gondola problem in day three. Um, like you do. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, what happens is completely irrelevant to the overall journey of 25 <laughs> days, um, which is that you run into some, like, gardener or something, and that elf wants you to help them figure out if they won the lottery based on the scratch cards that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, effectively. Uh, so you get... 
a series of rows and each row has the card and the winning numbers. Um, not necessarily sorted. In fact, not definitely not, not sorted. sorted. Um, yeah. And then we just need to say, hey, how much is the pile of scratch cards worth? Based on, uh, I believe it was like an exponential growth. Uh, well, that was part two. Part one, I don't think was so exponential. Oh, no, I'm still in part one. Because, yeah, if, oh, you have really? one, if you have one matching number, it's worth one point. Two, it's worth two points. Three, it's worth four oh, points. Oh, sure. And so on. The points, yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. your points grow exponentially. And then right. you add all that up and return it. So um, I thought this one was pretty straightforward what it, uh, for part one. We'll get into part two in a sec, but uh, part, part one anyway, uh, I thought was pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, what, I agree. What did you think? <laughs> y- yeah, I think because uh, the day before that, day three, which was the gear ratios, which was like figuring out part numbers and whether they were next to a specific symbol or not, that one was definitely quite the parsing of text thing. And this one, not nearly as much parsing. And the, yeah, for the part one, the logic was pretty easy. This was a relief from, compared to day three. This was going on the odd day was hard, even day was easy. So, but that was part one. Part two, yeah, a little, little well, juicier. How'd you, how'd you go about solving part one? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I did. Uh, so for myself, I... I initially captured way more information than I thought I would need or than I than I needed because I was planning for part two. I was like, aha, I'm going to get ahead of the game for part two. Um, And Mm -hmm. then I used a, I just used I'm really doubling down on my regular expressions this year. Uh, And so I used a regex (laughs) to split the lines up. And then I just I just used a couple of sets and um, intersected them for part one. Uh, Oh, right. So this was the one where I finally had that OOP epiphany uh, where I was like. Yeah, like I I know you're you know that that's how your brain works immediately, but I'm my brain still works procedurally most of the time. But for some reason, this one finally uh, triggered that. Like, wait a second! Instead of making a custom data structure on the fly out of you know multi-dimensional arrays, no, just make a card class with variables and methods. And I, I don't know why that doesn't occur to me all the time in these, but since p- day four, I think that's my takeaway. Day four is where I first had that real epiphany, and I definitely have used that in subsequent days. So, uh, awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, I think that that just making <laughs> a class with methods and you know, uh, let me see. Look at my let me look at my solution one. Uh, Mine has exactly one method, which is winning numbers. It doesn't do very much, but. Having it in a class that could just do that so I didn't have to, like, go over here and do this thing, go over there and do that. It just helps my brain focus on the actual problem. Um, yeah. That, that y- came y- in handy several times in the last week since we last talked. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Basically, my card uh, object or class only has the, for part one, only has the one real method, which is just checking to see whether there's matches uh, and then, and then, and then just adding up the points, uh, based on that. So, yeah. Yeah. But then part two, part two, part two through, through, a, I re- literally, literally wrote in my notes, this is a twist I did not plan for after all of my <laughs> like extra catching stuff in the first one, I didn't, mm-hmm. uh, plan it. So, uh, instead of winning points, I guess you, uh, and the points being money, Instead, every time you win on a card, you receive 
the a copy of so if you have four matching numbers on a card, you win four copies of that of the hmm. of the next you win four. One copy each of the next four. Yes, I I always it's hard to say that in the correct order, um, mm -hmm. which also tripped me up a little bit when I was reading it. So if I win card one has four things that I will win an extra copy of card two and an extra copy of card three and an extra copy of card four and an extra copy of card five, um, mm -hmm. which is actually the example they have there. Uh, this one. Yeah. I did not plan for that. Uh, it didn't end up turning out to be super problematic for me, but it definitely threw me for a loop. Uh, the main issue I had here was keeping a separate count of how many cards to add as opposed to mm -hmm. how many there were of a given card. <laughs> like I had mm -hmm. to keep two numbers as I was going through. And then I think I had, uh, oh, and then, well, I will tell you how I solved the last part because I'm curious how you did, or how you, uh, the last bit that I want, uh, that I have here, I want to see what you did first. Um, but okay. I will say, uh, I love it when I run with the real input after debugging versus the sample input and it passes on the first try. This is a very rare instance where that happened because it almost never happens in this Thing. So I noted it because I like, I was so happy that that happened. Um, so um, how did you go about solving part two of day four? Uh, so I'm looking, I'm trying to remember, it was a few days ago, but I'm looking at my solution. And uh, basically I added one more method to my card class, which was to add a copy. And now every card has a copies variable. So essentially I just started keeping track of how many copies I had. And so, so for example, if you go to card one, you win four of them, then I essentially do a, a, cause I have a big, I think I have, I thought I had a, essentially like a global variable with all the cards in it. Uh, yes, I do. So I have a variable of cards with card objects instances in it and then all i do is like let's say i won four on the first ticket then i just did a loop that basically went to the next four cards and added copies to them now i'm sure that because it's early in the month because my solution worked it took three minutes to run and i think that it was definitely not the most efficient way. It was definitely a brute force way of counting the copies and keeping track of them and essentially just exponentially adding more and more again. And if the number of cards initially that they gave you was bigger, it wouldn't have worked. And definitely in subsequent days, the brute force method has come to bite me in the butt, which we will get to. Um, so yeah, to put it to put it bluntly, I basically just brute forced it and three minutes a ruby script ran and it gave me the solution so tell me the correct way to do it <laughs> well uh first i will tell you i just ran i just ran problem four again just to see um and okay. i spent more time fixing permissions issues uh than it than so it took instantly, to run um, instantly then. it was 0 0.03 seconds uh to run yeah. all to run sample and input for both part one and part two so the big difference between what you and I did, because more or less, well, A, you did a better job of being object oriented than I was, than I, I, I did. I should have actually put card copies, uh, card copies in my class and I didn't. I kept it externally, which is why I got tripped up on the thing I mentioned I got tripped up on. Interesting. If I put it in the class, okay. it would have been simpler. But sure. the big thing, you went through and you added, like, every time you won, you would add one for each card, basically. Mm -hmm. I mm. added the number of copies mm. of the card I had 
And so I didn't have to iterate through it. I just yeah. increased the number of copies. Right. And so if I'd stored that in the card, it would have been super, <laughs> I would have been done like right away. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, I recognize that right. As soon as I look at it, I'm like that, it, I'm not going to be able to iterate through that. I'm actually happy that it finished in like three minutes. That's, that's, that's good. Cause I've had a couple yeah. of things where I ran them and they never stopped. I let them run for a couple of days. Uh, a couple of days. What? Well, I was, I even got the actual answer and just still let my original version run. I think that was day eight. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, uh, I, I thought day four was pretty good. It was an interesting twist that I, like I said, I hadn't planned for it. I try to mm-hmm. guess the twists ahead of time. Uh, I did not. <laughs> um, and I, I haven't in general, most of the, mo- most of the days, not gotten anywhere near it. All right. So I think I will take puzzle five, uh, mainly because uh, this was the puzzle that I spent the most time reading of any puzzle (laughs) that we've done, even up to like today's puzzle, which I haven't even started, but I at least read through it and I more or less grokked what it was trying to say. But uh, so puzzle five, if you give a seed a fertilizer, I, I didn't really have time. I didn't really have a lot of time to work on this. But even with that, uh, my first note uh, just, I, I wanted, I wanted to note that one of the things I did this year that I talked about, I was going to do is that I, is that I, uh, you started, uh, I think you said that you have a GitHub repo for your solutions. Now. Yeah. Which is I good. I didn't until day 10. <laughs> well, the, you know, the, the best time was when you first started. The second best time was now. Um, I created a whole website. I created a whole Ruby on rails seven website where I basically like have a puzzle model and I have crud, uh, and I and anytime a new pu- a day comes up, I create a new puzzle. I add the description. I have a notes field. Uh, I have an input field that I can so I can always look at the input uh, for the day, and also a I have a uh, code button so that I can look at put, the code. Put the URL. Put the URL in the chat. I, I want to see this. I, I am gonna do this now. Th- this was both both super fun and interesting because I haven't dealt with Ruby on Rails in a long time. And it has changed a lot since I last used it. I think the last time I used it was Rails 3, and it's now Rails 7, mm. and many things have changed. So I believe me, I've spent a not inconsiderable amount of time just figuring out how to get Rails to do stuff, and then pushing it to production, which is the link I just sent you, was even more configuration mumbo-jumbo stuff that is not worth getting into, but ugh, it's definitely not FTP files to a server. You know, it's a whole. What happens if I? What happens if I click Add New at the top? <laughs> uh, you know, you're not supposed to have an Add New on production. I forgot to take that out. Actually, you should get prompted for. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Username and password. Okay. Yeah, that's not as bad. Yeah, as long as you did that. I, I this did. This is do actually that. really cool. Yeah. I, I like the way, like, it looks nice. It's easy to read. It's actually easier to read than the actual advent of code. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... Today. it's Part, Partly because it's just way stripped down. To, it, it's very like, much so, say, yeah. Here's what you need to know. Yeah, and... Um, trebuchet? Trebuchet. Yeah, so uh, it, it's been fun building that and, and putting the stuff in there because it's sort of like the advent of code website, but augmented with my stuff that I care about. So, yeah, if you go to Trebuchet, you see my notes and uh, you can see the code, so you can literally see the Ruby file that I wrote that's just pulling from the server, and you can see the input of the day. Uh, one thing I'd love to do is... That, that I can't do. I can't look at the code. That requires... 
That requires permissions that I don't. Oh, good. Yeah, that, that, that I I meant for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, good job. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, what what I want to do is actually add a button like on the code page that just says like run code, and so you can actually see it run the input and get the solution. Uh, but I just haven't got there. But over the days, I've just been adding more and more to it, and it's fun. Anyway, so day five. Yeah, my first note is I spent almost an hour just reading the description of 5.1, and I'm still not sure what it's asking, let alone how to code it. That was on the the day that it came out. And then I just had to leave it. And days came, and I did other days, and I finally went back to work on this for real, like yesterday or something, and got 5.1. So I was able to solve the description. Now, it's weird. Now that I know what it's asking... It, it doesn't seem quite as uh, difficult to parse, but for some reason, it was just rough to get to figure out what they were trying to tell me and how to translate that into code. How did you feel about... Uh... Oh, but sorry. Sorry, I, I didn't even explain what it was. So the, 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 the short end of this, if you give a seed of fertilizer, is you're given a bunch of seeds, which are just like a two digit number, one or two digit numbers. And then you're given a bunch of mappings, uh, like seed to soil map. And you get three numbers. You get uh, the destination range start. You get the source range start. And then you get a length. And so, for example, the first line is 50, 98, and 2. That means that there is a destination range of 50 to 51, because it's length 2. And a source range of 98 to 99 which is also length two and essentially that means that if you take a seed number like 79 and you map it onto that range it should tell you what the next number is and then there's a bunch of maps that you follow along this number maps to this number maps to this number maps to this number some of the numbers don't have mappings and so those are just mapped to the same number so there's like no conversion that needs to be done and so Figuring out the parsing, figuring out the logic, that was just a lot of this. And then I had that issue where I all the samples worked fine, and then I ran the input, and the numbers got big, and it sat there and waiting for the heat death of the universe. And uh, pretty much, so I had to rethink how to do that, and I found a clue about how to. And and you know, it's a similar thing with day four, which was. A lot of advent of code is figuring out what do you actually really need to keep track of. And the naive solution that I always go to, because that's just how I am about these things, is keeping track of as much stuff as I possibly can so that I can see how everything is working every step of the way. The problem is the inputs are usually too big or too numerous and... Your computer just can't handle that. I don't have a supercomputer, and so it chokes on that. And so then you have to think about, wait, what do I actually need to keep track of? Which is the boundaries of these ranges, not everything in between. And I think that yeah. that came up before. It'll come up again. That's, oh, for sure. Yeah, so that that's my, that's right. my so, uh, experience I felt with similarly. Okay. Um, my f- first note that I wrote down was annoyingly complicated. <laughs> That was before I started working on the problem. I read the thing and I was like, what? Um, they There were so many things in day five that I felt like were intentionally 
done to make it more difficult. Mm-hmm. Not like just e- even things as simple as the mapping was backwards from yeah. the way I would have done it. Why? Like go from to no, it went to to from. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, so I uh, and this was yeah the first major optimization problem of the year. I think I did the same thing you did the first time. Mm-hmm. Or, or in part one, and as soon as I saw it hanging, I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, this uh, <laughs> is at least n squared." I think it may have been exponential, like altogether, but I think it was in. It, it was a lot, um, but because you had to go through the entire ranges, and then yeah, I did what you just described, which was looking at the the edge cases. I I, I did. I actually made a class to hold the mappings mm-hmm. for this one, so I have an interval class. I don't think I created that until part two. Um, and I made a mapping class, um, and the mapping class, uh, I just did some smart, I just did some clever things in there, and it ended up making my life a lot easier. You clever man. Um, but I also wrote a lot of like helper functions along the way. Uh, this was this was definitely a messy one mm-hmm. as I tried to figure out what to do. Um, but ultimately, yeah, uh, it was. See if the end of this one is inside of the beginning of that, you know, like where do they overlap? Oh, that's what it was. I made an interval class and I figured out where my intervals would overlap mm. so that I could split them. Uh, but I don't think I did that again until part two, because part two, if you want to describe that. Uh, yeah. So just so you know, I did not finish part two because it took me so long to do mm-hmm. part one. But part two is essentially instead of getting a list of like four seeds, like one, two, three, four. Actually, what those numbers refer to are a range of seed numbers. So now you have to... So, for example, um, the first range starts with seed number 79 and contains 14 values. So you have a seed and a a length. And then the next one is another seed and a length. And so essentially it's, you know, it's, it's just... There's even more stuff to compute. And so my, my initial naive thing would have choked even harder, I'm sure, on 5.2. But so without w- without spoiling the actual solution, just because, I mean, at some point I may want to try it, like what what, what, was, the, what was the major pain point you had to get across or pat, pass for this one? Yeah. Um, I, I think actually this is where I ended up creating the intervals and mapping classes. In, the, in part one, now that I've gone back and looked at, at the history in my in my notes, because again, very messy solution on my side. Um, mm-hmm. I initially solved part one by storing my map as tuples of mm. the minimum source to the maximum source to a delta of the destination or between the destination and the source so that the mapping was really fast. I didn't have to like run across things. I just grab my thing, add whatever the delta set. So it's like, which source do I fall in at this one? Uh, again, the first thing I wrote was that's obnoxious <laughs> when I read the, uh, that's a tomorrow problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, this one was, took me the second longest of all of the problems uh, that we've done so far. 10 being the longest. Uh, this one took me almost 24 hours um, after I first saw the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I managed to get it in under the wire before day six dropped. Um, and this is where I ended up, uh, I, I wrote OOP saves my brain again. Um, I ended up building a class for the intervals and a class for the mappings. And that, that was where I did that interval uh, overlap stuff that mm-hmm. I mentioned. I won't go into more detail because spoilers. Um, and uh, I just ran it. And uh, again, 0.03 seconds for that one. <laughs> so 
Very uh, impressive. The solutions, if you do it this way, really like it, it's insane how big the difference is between unoptimized mm-hmm. and optimized for these problems. Yeah. Um, and these ones were all still what I would consider fair optimizations. Uh, it gets into some ones where I'm like, how would you know to do that <laughs> in some of the later days? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, should we head over to number to number six? Number six. I'm going to use your website. Or should we wait for it? Because that's what it's called. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, part six coming up. Um, all right. So uh, puzzle six is called Wait For It, as you said. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you are trying to... <laughs> There's a you're having a boat race um, with obviously like model boats mm-hmm. uh, and there's a button you can press. And the longer you hold that button down, the further the boat will go when you let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's there. Like the longer you hold it down, I think it increases. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the longer you hold it down, it increases, I think, exponentially more or less. Uh, whereas so the, if I hold it down for one millisecond i would go one millimeter if i hold it down for two then i go two millimeters per millisecond Mm -hmm. three four milliseconds so but there's a balance right to be struck between the amount of time that you have to run the race and how long you can hold it down because if you hold it down for too long the race is over before you even let go right even though it might go like 12 uh milli meters in a in a millisecond um why not just use meters per second guy come on um <laughs> and ultimately we had to figure out and, and we, in addition to the race uh, that just find the time uh that you had it also gave you the distance that the best the best distance that anyone had gotten so right, far the record the distance to beat yeah right so um i did not write code for this one. Really? Because uh, you realized I, it was a math problem, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I just decided to math this one. Uh, as I was trying to figure out how to do it, I was dissecting the quadratic equation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, if I use it this way, and what if that, and this other thing, and I need x-intercepts. And, and so I did the math. What I also did, though, is I misread one of the samples. Uh, <laughs> and I spent... a. I spent like 12 hours, or not 12 oh, hours, I slept for a lot of that. No. I, I spent several hours that night trying to get it done, mm-hmm. gave up, went to bed, woke up the next day, went, that's got to be wrong. And I went back and looked at the example and, oh, yep, it was wrong. Uh, my memory was wrong. I plugged it in and it, then it was the right number. Yeah, originally, the, so it was for a sample was you have 30 seconds and the best was 200. And I wrote that the, and for some reason I had read the answer as, hold it for 11 uh, milliseconds and not nine milliseconds, but 11 was the minimum number, not the result or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was, and I was just like, ugh. I'm so, I was so confused. But once I got that working, just plugged into the equation I wrote on my whiteboard and it worked. It didn't even bother writing a parser. Just plugged in the numbers directly. And, and, and that works for, for both parts. So you're yeah. done. Yeah, well, that's uh, that that is the good 
Correct, efficient way to do it. Yes. Now, for how'd you do it for <laughs> for for everyone else who uh, did not notice that, like me, um, part one could still be done by, I guess, yet again brute forcing, just trying every race and increasing it by one, and then you know taking the total of the ones that win. Um, the next best thing to do. Uh, that I found was to just find the minimum speed that won and the maximum speed that won and then find the difference mm-hmm. in between them. And eventually, this is another one where I was able to get 6-1 pretty, uh, b- because the numbers were small. Um, uh, because in 6-1, the, the, the numbers they give you were small. And then in 6-2, they're like, oh, wait, uh, those aren't supposed to be spaces in between those numbers. Actually, these numbers are much huger. And now your terrible solution is not going to work on these numbers. So instead, optimize. And so, yeah, um, I don't remember my high school math or the quadratic formula and did not did not really grok that that's really what was trying to be solved. But once I did and I found an implementation of how to do that in Ruby, um, then yes, I was able to find uh, the answer. Although I think was this one still took a while. Uh, oh no, no, th- this was not one that took a long time to do. W- once I figured out uh, the quadratic formula to do this, then yeah, it was easy. Um, I did try my brute force on six two and ran it for about five hours and then gave up. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, I didn't even put any kind of progress in there. So I literally had no idea how far it, it had even made it. It was one of those things where like, how long do I need to wait for it to do something? Will it ever do something? But, you know, you know, I, I figure, like you said, if, if you give it, I can't believe you gave them multiple days, like five hours was enough for oh, me. Oh, that was just one I ran in the, I, at that point it was just, I want to see how it's doing. I had it open in a separate terminal <laughs> window. I was like, let's just see. And I do print out, I have, I print out dots as it goes. And I think I did it every like million or something on the one that I was doing. And it was like trillions of calculations (laughs) or something. (laughs) You know, Uh, this one, part uh, part two, the answer I ended up with, Mm -hmm. which again, ran relatively quickly was like, I think it was in the 200 millions range or something. So mm-hmm. not like absurd to finish. Oh, it was only, no, it was only 27 million. Mm-hmm. So like that will finish after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even then there was so, so many. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, things. I'm, I'm also just kind of curious and wondering because I chose to do it in Ruby. If like I, if I were doing this in, I don't know, like C, would it, just magically be better because it's more optimized for this kind of thing. And Ruby is not really meant to run this kind of stuff. I don't know. Mm, not necessarily. Uh, yeah. C is a little bit faster, but ultimately these boil down to, to the order of operation, not order of operations, the, order of magnitude. Of yeah. The, problem, the, right? the, so the big O. Yeah. Yeah. Big O. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one I, I struggled with, uh, on part two, just because it took me a long time to really figure out what the, the easy, uh, optimization was, but, uh, yeah, I, I still, I still really enjoyed, uh, figuring out even, even the ones that I struggle on, I still enjoy uh, working on it. And I like the theme of this. I like the idea of the boat racing. I don't know. That was just, even though (laughs) this year really seems to be a lot of non sequitur things like, yeah, you're traveling between on your way there. You notice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and Hey, uh, on your way to the next Island, uh, let's play some cards because that's puzzle seven. 
Uh, it's called this. This was possibly my favorite one, not necessarily from a how to solve it, but I just the first thing I build whenever I learn a new language is a deck of cards. Y- you class. mentioned that, like it's yeah. the first thing I do. Yeah, no, that, um, it, th- this one was very cool. Uh, just in terms of the theme, yeah, I liked it. So, so basically, uh, you get to go on an airship, um, and they drop you off on a a vast desert and descend. Oh wait, no, it drops you off the edge of a vast desert and descends back to Island Island, and you need to take a camel somewhere. I think across a long desert, and they're like, "Hey, while we're doing this, let's play some cards." And so essentially, this puzzle is they give you a list of five card like poker hands, and they and each one of them has a number value associated with it. And essentially, you need to figure out using. I, I yeah I mean I think this is standard poker rules rank the hands and then you know multiply them by their rank and their and their their number value so yeah the the only caveat where it's not normal poker hands is you can have five of a kind mm. um That's and true. Yeah. uh the way they solve for ties is strange right like if you both have two pair it's not the higher pair that wins it's the first pair in the list Right. Well, I think they probably did that just to make it a little easier. So you could, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think that was to make it so that you couldn't use like a poker scoring oh. library because I'll bet there's a lot out there. That's a good point. Yeah. So so essentially, yeah, you rank them, and if you if you if you have ties, then you just go by the first card, and if that's a tie, go to the next card, go to the next card. So um, yeah, th- this one uh, I didn't have too much trouble. I think my the most interesting thing about it that I did that I don't really do very often is uh, because I'm using Ruby and everything's an object. I just monkey patched the string class because I needed to, um, I needed to give numerical values to the face cards. So they were easier to rank. And so the T, which was a 10 became a 10, the Jack became an 11, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I just wanted that to be a simple because everything's a string here. I just wanted that to be a simple uh, conversion. So I just added a, a a method to the string class to change those characters into numbers and then the other thing that was cool that i did that i don't do a lot is uh making a custom uh sort comparator uh so so that i could easily you know compare hands and put them in the correct order so yeah seven one uh which was just that was was not that tough and was fun to do um i haven't spent a lot of time on seven two which changes things because now Jays are no longer Jacks. They are Jokers. And so if you have a Joker in your hand, it magically becomes the strongest combination of cards it could be to make that the most powerful hand. Um, I started trying to figure this out, but I honestly just don't, I don't really know what my approach would be to make this besides just going through every hand and if there's a joker making exceptions for the joker but i'm not but i'm after doing advent of code for several years now i just know that can't be the right way there's got to be an an optimal way so how did you think about solving it all right so part one um was easier than i anticipated after reading i looked at it i was like oh poker hands i think i was out to dinner and when nine o'clock Pacific time, mm-hmm. midnight Eastern happened, and I read this, and I went, "Oh, I don't want to do that." <laughs> Just even though I like cards, and 
I was just like, it's going to be such a pain to do all this. But then I sat down and did it. I was like, oh, that turned out to be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, past couple of days, OOP had saved me. So I immediately started with a class. I think I've done that ever. Yeah, since. same here. I had a hand, uh, a class represents yep. a hand of camel cards with methods to score the hand and compare the hand versus another hand. Yep. Which was the, the, the comparator. You, com- you, sh- you should be so proud of me, Matt, that I did the same thing. And normally I would not do that kind I of am. thing. But I'm learning. Um, <laughs> part two, I had a similar reaction to, as you just stated, mm-hmm. of thinking it was going to be really hard. It actually turned out to be easier than I thought. Uh, okay. Significantly easier. Um, so I need, I need a hint. There. I did not. So I did not monkey patch anything in Python. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, a map that just mapped mm. the letter to yeah. a numeric Mo- value. The monkey patching um, was just a helper. It was not necessary. I just yeah. felt like doing it. So. So. I changed that mapping okay. so that jokers were low mm-hmm. instead of jacks. Yeah. Um, and then I added a flag into my class and to my solution to say, am I using jokers or not? So that Same. I could yeah. make my life easy. Um, and then I sat down to figure out, like, well, okay, w- what might... Ha- and I, I went to my whiteboard and I just started writing. I wrote things out. I was like, okay. Let's say I've got one joker. What if I have two jokers? What if I have three jokers? What if I have four? There's only five options there. Mm-hmm. And then I compared it to like what my other hands would be, which there's only, I think, eight types of hands. Mm-hmm. And there is a, it's a surprisingly small number of okay. cases to deal with. And so once I saw that, it was really easy to, really easy to code up the rest. Um, but I thought it was going to, just like, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a, a big old optimization issue. Turned out to not not be too hard. Well, that that makes me feel a lot better because now now I now I have inspiration to actually go in there because that's what I started to do and I was like, is this really the right way? But if that's how you solved it, then that's probably what I'll just end up doing. So cool. And now on to day eight, which was uh, the first one that I, I would, I, I got really like angry working on this one. <laughs> and myself, mostly. Um, so that's, okay, that's interesting, because I have a note that said 8-1 took the least amount of time to do since maybe 1-1. I don't know. How, oh, yeah. Okay, but I, I didn't even try 8-2, so that's probably what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 8-2. Okay, so, go ahead. So we're still, we're still on a camel. <laughs> still going through the desert. For some reason. Eh. Um, but we have a map. And this map uh, has like n- a list of nodes and edges, basically. So like node AAA goes to BBB and CCC. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then you have to find the shortest path to ZZZ by following the directions on the map. So it starts off with a list of directions, like right, left, right, or whatever. And then those the mappings that I just described, and then you just follow the mappings from A to Z. And it, yeah, it was a straightforward traversal to get the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to do visualizations on this one, but I just I didn't have time and I hadn't even looked, I hadn't finished looking into how to do visualizations at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but part two. <laughs> oh, also, just a quick uh, note before you get into A2, I did finally use a regex on this one. 
Yay. Yeah. And it, I, it was it was a good idea. I probably should have been using that before, but it was helpful. Oh, such ugly code. I made for this one uh, some classes. I made a network node and a network map mm. class. Um, during my parsing, I just uh, pulled out the directions and then I actually passed the rest of the input into network map directly and let it do the rest of the parsing, um, which ultimately was the network node. Um, so normally I, I would go through and and like break up how I was doing it, but instead I, I made a, a specific, like, um, it's not a constructor, but you can call it, and it gives you, and it generates the thing. There's a term for it, which I'm blanking on. Um, I mean, most commonly yeah. used in in the design pattern of Singleton, mm-hmm. where you'll it's like a factory basically. Mm. So it's a really really small factory. Mm-hmm. So I gave it the line. It did the splitting. It did the parsing. I actually really liked that approach. Mm-hmm. And then my network map, uh, my network itself was mostly. It, it didn't do a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, it did a lot more in part two, um, but in the first part, it was basically just a way of holding the information. Yeah. Um, how, did you have any trouble with part one? You said no? No. Pa- part one was easy. And I think, uh, so So part two is mainly just now you have multiple nodes that you're keeping track of. Mul- you have multiple A nodes and multiple Z nodes. Right. And you need to get to all of the A nodes to w- at least to one of the Z nodes. Not the same Z node. Right. But each of them needs to be on a Z and node. And on a Z node. At the same step in the operation. Right. And uh, this broke my brain. Um, I had no. The, I, I I had to go get hints for this. Several hints okay. to get this one to work. Okay. Um, even though I'm a math guy, the whole uh, least common multiplier or whatever thing does not enter. It's not a thing that I think about. Yeah. As a way of getting around problems like this, because it doesn't seem like it should work, but it did. <laughs> so I stole a least common <gasps> multiplier solver Such um, a rookie off move. the internet because mm-hmm. I didn't want to remember how to do. That yeah. it turns out you use lowest common denominators and like invert them. Lowest common den- denominator is built into Python, so thanks Python. Um, the this was the one where I let that brute force method just run, and it ran for days and didn't ever get an answer. Um, and I, let's see how long this takes if I if I run my Python program right now. Yeah, it finished in point one nine seconds. That's a lot better than days. Yeah, yeah, uh, my yeah, my the, the, as far as I got was essentially naively running my logic from one just multiple times, and yeah, it just kept going forever. And I'm like, no, this is this this can't be it, and I just kind of gave up. So, uh, I'm not sure that I really want to come back to do part two of this. I don't know, you know the the I mean the the thing with advent of code, at least with me, is that it, like if I fall behind, it's really hard to to get the you know the the chutzpah to go back to to days oh, sure. before so it's sort of like should i even or should i just kind of let it go but then also a lot of the i mean it's not like one builds on the next but there's definitely like things you learn along the way that help inform the later days and so i feel like i'm i'm missing out some crucial stuff uh by not solving them um and and then it just and then it starts to feel like a Steam backlog, you know. I just have like all these games, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna go back and finish that. No, I'm never go back. I'm never gonna go back and finish that. Um, 
And, and, you know, and it's more fun to keep up with everybody else doing it than to, you know, constantly go back to old stuff that everybody solves. So, eh, I don't know. Th- this one did not grab me like uh, like the boat race or even the cards did. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I have a really hard time once the 24-hour window has expired mm-hmm. in finishing a problem. Yeah. Um, I, did, I did finish 10 after the 24 hours, but mostly because... I had had a chance to figure out how you might do it mm-hmm. <laughs> by then, and I hadn't even started on day 11, uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. Yes. Um, so should we go to number nine then? Day nine? Number nine. Yep. Number nine. Uh, I liked this one again. Uh, um, oh, right. This was one where, uh, I don't know how it got there. We have a hang glider, and somehow from the hang glider, we got to uh, inferring numbers in a sequence. Yeah, you uh, you pull out your handy. So this one's called Mirage Maintenance, and uh, as you're riding your camel through the desert and going through the ghost maps, uh, you uh, you admire the oasis hidden here, and uh, you pull out your handy Oasis and Sand Instability Sensor, which is a nice backronym of Oasis, uh, and analyze your surroundings. And so essentially, the input for this puzzle is you get a report of values and how they change over time. So each line is like a history of a value. So for example, the first line is 0, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15. And so you can you can notice that each time the value changes, it's changing by three. Uh, not all the lines change by the same amount. And so your job is basically to, uh, I mean, it's sort of like you're taking a derivative of the delta, you know, and so like the next line of that one would be a, a line of threes because they're all threes. And then the differences between all those numbers are zeros because there's no difference. And that's how you know you're done with that particular history value. And then you have to backfill um, the values in each previous line by adding the number um the, the, the change that you have found in that line to an additional value at the end. And so like the 0, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, the next value in the history would be 18 because you're going up by three. Now, obviously, the real inputs get harder and they're not consistent. And um, so this one for me, uh, let's see, I the first note I put was like, hmm, recursion is probably needed here. And I did. I did use recursion. I don't think I made a class. No, I didn't make a class. I basically just ran each line through a method that uh, that that got all the, the differences between each of them and, and added them to kind of like a, a tally of differences that I could that I could uh, reference. Um, and then uh, and then I just went back and, you know, backfilled the information once I knew what the differences were. Uh, so yeah, I mean the, the, the logic itself was not crazy. Uh, it just took, I mean, they gave it to us. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, sorry. The, the data structuring of that logic, it, it, you know, took, took me a while, but in general I was able to get it. So before we go to nine, two, uh, is that roughly how you did it? Or did you have some fancy? Um, I did make, I did make a class, um, called Oasis sequence. Um, that's a big class name, which I just thought was a cool name. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, and it had one method besides the like built-ins, uh, which was infer next mm. that just did the job. And it, 
would actually build a new Oasis sequence out of the Deltas hmm. and then run in for next on that and then work backwards. Nice. Um, it was honestly one of the easier ones we've had from like my perspective. I agree. Mostly because they gave us the algorithm. Yes. Had they not given us that algorithm, this would have been a really hard problem because I, d- I didn't know you could do that with like Delta, Delta. Yeah, just keep doing the Deltas until you get to zeros and then add back up. Yeah. Would never have occurred to me. Yeah. Um, uh, right. And so, so, so yeah, nine one, I think was pretty straightforward. Um, even for me, which is saying a lot. Uh, so part two, uh, so part two, I, I read this, uh, let's see. My note was, I always feel dread submitting an answer because I never feel confident. I feel even more dread reading part two of a puzzle because I'm expecting some crazy twist that I'm not going to be able to solve. But this is the only one thus far. I literally added a single method to, uh, you know, like in the middle of another method, which was just reversing the numbers and the same logic worked. And I was like, no way. Like I was wearing my headphones and when I submitted it and it was right, I literally tore off my headphones and threw them down because I couldn't believe that it worked. Because that never happens for I, me. I had, a, <laughs> I had a similar reaction, only I wasn't wearing headphones. I just, I, but I was shocked. I'm like, me too. well, if I'm, I have to infer the previous, well, I know how to infer the next, and it's the same logic. What if I reverse the yeah. string? What'll happen? And it just worked. It just worked. It never <laughs> just I was like, works. That can't be. Yeah. It never just works. Yeah. I, I um, did we, I don't, I, f- it was, I, I feel like like I like I cheated, like I shortcutted somehow. Like there's no way it was that easy. But maybe uh, a lot of the time, at least I hear from you and our friends who are on the leaderboard when you're doing these, is that you know part two can be a lot easier if you put in the time on part one properly. But also this one just the twist was not. It, you know I I wonder how many people saw that twist and spent a bunch of time like re-architecturing everything to like you know do it differently when all you had to do was reverse it i don't know or maybe everybody figured it out i don't know i didn't look up this one i i want to know if there was a a different way to do part one that would have made part two hard yeah um because i can't come up with one (laughs) i yeah i don't know i'm sure someone did but uh yeah this one this one was one of the most like wow i i'm very happy with that one because it just kind of went. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah. Today's day 11 has a similar, like, if you did part one right, part two is, is not trivial, but it's like, oh, okay, I know how to do that. I like if that. If you didn't, it's like, oh, I'm never going to get this done. Like, this would never, ever, 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 ever finish. Okay. But I happen to do part one right day 11. I was like, cool. Okay. We'll talk about that next podcast. Yeah. But finally. <laughs> First, we should talk about yeah, let's wrap my it. least favorite problem of all time. Okay. So, yeah, let's wrap it up with Puzzle 10. You, you, can, you can go over it. But I just wanted to say that despite it being difficult, uh, this was one of the most interesting thematic visual kind of problems like it wasn't just you know it was one of the first ones where it wasn't just a bunch of numbers that you were parsing now you're actually parsing yeah. like well you go ahead and tell <laughs> yeah so what we're given here is uh a grid and in that grid there are a bunch of pipes mm-hmm. um and also blank spaces um because otherwise taylor swift would be angry uh wah, so. wah, wah. yep you're welcome um <laughs> 
So some of those pipes, if you start, it tells you which one to start at. Mm -hmm. Like there's an S to indicate that pipe. And some of the pipes are in a loop starting from that S. And all we had to do was go through and find the loop. And I think it was what, like print out the length of the loop or something. Oh, no. And then it was the furthest from how far away. What's the furthest away point? Yeah. Um, which was just math, mm-hmm. uh, for that, for that part. So I didn't, I didn't mind it. Um, finding the loop was pretty straightforward, but optimizations got in the way and I did have to break my recursive solution and make it iterative. Oh, but, uh, this one was not bad. Part one was not bad. It's part two. I hated. Uh, <laughs> so, so once again, but, let me just say that I did not get part one, so I don't know what part two is. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay with you telling me what it is but obviously you know not the solution i won't talk about the solution i will talk about some of the problems i ran into with the solution okay um but but i'm but still on part one uh the first thing i did when i saw this i actually got really excited to do visualizations i've been really wanting to do some amount of visualization uh as we've gone through this and i just haven't had the i wanted to get fancy and do it in like pie game or tk enter like do an actual gui Mm -hmm. and with this one it was very straightforward to see how I would, after solving it, print something out in a, in a color-coded way. So I just did basically color highlighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't just do that. Uh, I also, uh, I spent several hours the night this came out not working on the problem, but I uh, cleaned up my code base. I added in some basic utilities like for the color highlighting. I cleaned up my template. Um, I made it so that between, like, if you have a list of, like, sample and input or other other input types you want to do, it pauses in between and, like, you have to hit enter and then it goes on so I could, like, scroll back and see. Um, I put it into Git. Uh, <laughs> it's up on my GitHub if uh, anyone wants to look at my my problems. Um, I really, I, I ended up really liking that. It was part two I hated. Uh, okay, well, so... What is part two then? Because I'm trying. Well, you know, actually, hold on. I'm trying to imagine. Let, let me see if I, I give me a few seconds to see if I can guess what the twist is. Because I'm assuming it's a significant twist in terms of logic. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So just to reiterate, the part one is you essentially have to map this main pipe, which also has a bunch of like distractor pipes. There, there there's many other pipes in this sewer or i don't know oh it says you're on a field that has dense that's densely packed with pipes you're like looking down and there's pipe so there's a bunch of pipes that have nothing to do with the main pipe and you need to ignore them and you need to find where you start and the furthest away in the main pipe so how could one make this harder besides just making it a bigger space because that's already what the input does because the samples are like super small and then the actual input is like i don't know 100 by 200 you know characters or something um uh, do they add another like what is it rat or animal or something that's crawling around there that's like chasing the other one or uh oh oh wait a second is it did they make it three-dimensional are there layers no oh that would have really that would have really been bad for me because I can't see things in my head, and as soon as you get three dimensional, I can't draw it anymore. Okay, all right, <laughs> so all right, I give up. So what, what what's the twist? You weren't super far off with the other animal, but what it is is oh, the animal's not actually in the pipe. This animal that we chased into this loop of a pipe, it's not in there. Oh, what if there's if the pipe like circles around itself and it's inside of 
It's not in the pipe loop, but the pipe loop contains its nest. Like it, 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 enc- it encloses it. Okay. Which in and of itself, not too hard to figure mm-hmm. out. But we're not just finding those. We also, it has to be ones that are enclosed within the area, but not. Uh, but if like, if you have the, if the, so if the loop goes around and it's part of the same, uh, loop, I guess, uh, and the, there's no way, there's no way to reach that from the outside, uh-huh. no matter what. But sometimes you could have it like fold back in on itself. And so the backs of the loop touch, um, and those ones do still count as being outside. So it's enclosed fully. But there's like a gap, an, un, an invisible gap uh, between pipe segments. And I, huh. this is the first one I didn't get done in a 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an almost working solution on my own before I started asking anyone or looking online or checking any of the threads or anything. It worked for everything except for that edge case I mentioned, mm-hmm. the outside ones and i could not for the life of me figure out how to do that um i came up with a couple of ways and one of them is what our friend richard did Mm -hmm. um but i but my code was not written in a way that would make that easily doable Mm -hmm. and i dug in my heels and i'm like i will find another way to do this (laughs) i refuse to do this i refuse to rip apart all this stuff Uh i don't care if i just don't get the answer right and i spent forever doing it and then a a couple hints gave me some ways and actually day 11 ultimately pointed me ultimately is what made me like looking at that and some of the things it does i was like oh i could i could use that concept here and it worked interesting now you know it's it's interesting that you dug your heels in because i could have swore you gave me that that your philosophy is a lot more and like you know it's okay to throw away your prototype. Throw away your prototype, oh, yeah. but you but you did not want to throw away your prototype. No, I was mad about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I I very much fell victim to the sunk cost fallacy on this yeah. one. I spent so much time on this. Like my weekend, basically. Yeah. I spent <laughs> I spent all day Sunday working on this. And I was like, no, I'm it's gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna get this before nine o'clock. And then nine o'clock happened and I just I looked at day eleven. And I went, eh. <laughs> closed my laptop, and I didn't think about it until after work today. But then I got them both done. So, so, so would you say that this is the first real difficulty spike, day 10 of this year? Um, I, think, I think day five was the big difficulty spike, the one that required... Um, the optimization. Optimization. And then the next biggest was wherever we ended up with that least common multiplier crap mm, yeah, day um, eight the, the ghost maps oh yeah day eight mm-hmm. yeah so it was like five eight and then ten yeah so there doesn't seem to be a pattern yeah. maybe we need to plug this into the inferring program and figure out <laughs> if there's a pattern to when it gets bad oh man you know i would not put it past uh, eric wastel to build some kind of meta puzzle into the whole thing i i never thought about it until just now but i'm like there's no way that he hasn't at least thought about doing something like that that would be insane now i'm gonna do oh that. man yeah <laughs> what day was that one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah i mean now that we're on day 11 uh and there's so there's like 14 more days of 
puzzle. Or is it or is it only 13? I forget. There's not actually one on Is there one on Christmas? No, there is there's there's two on Christmas. Right. Um one of them is like a, a really trivial thing usually. And the other one is get two stars and everything else. Oh, right. Right, right. Which I have never done. I have not gotten all of the stars ever. Because I, after a while, I just don't care enough and I don't go back and do that. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, um, I wonder, I mean, I know it, it makes sense that it's done in December because it's the advent of code and this is when all the advent calendars happen. But, uh, and, and ostensibly people have more free time over the holidays to work on stuff like this. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have plenty of life going on that gets in the way of this. And because I, yeah. I can't solve them super fast, it just means that I just... I just fall behind and that just always happens. And it's hard to accept because I, I want to also just be done and have all the stars and be able to talk about it all. But I just, I, I just know I can't, I just can't. So, so what did we decide? We decided day five, eight and 10 yeah. are the bad yeah. ones. Okay. That's a three I'm, and a I'm two. Putting, I'm putting it in. And then that's a one. And then sample. <laughs> so let's see. I need to actually print these out when I'm done. Let's see what happens if I run this. <laughs> The next hard, the next problem is going to be in a trillion years. Mm. I mean, that seems possible. <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing that means I didn't put the uh, answer in. No, 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 that seems perfectly legitimate. Yeah. Um, okay, so just to uh, wrap this up, because we have we have uh, gone over the hour mark, uh, but we did talk about six problems. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, seven problems in the advent of code 2023. And uh, we did not, even though it is day 11, we did not talk about day 11 because I, I didn't even get a chance to look at it. So we'll talk about that another time. That's the first 10 days of the advent of code. Uh, there are several weeks uh, left. And um, due to scheduling and vacations and such and such, uh, we may not be able to check in again on this on the podcast so I was just curious, Matt, to get your thoughts on how you're feeling so far and how you feel about the rest of Advent of Code 2023 compared to other years. I'm pretty happy with where I am right now because mm -hmm. I currently have 22 stars out of 22 possible stars. Nice job. Um, ranking wise, I'm second place in our little server group and I'm pretty much middle of the pack in my work group, which doesn't make me feel bad given it, it's a lot of smart people mm -hmm. over there. So great. And some of them apparently just work on these immediately when they come out and I work on them when I am able to. Mm -hmm. um, so not too bad. Um, I'm nervous about the rest, but I am allowing myself to look at, to look for hints this year instead of in the past of like uh, nothing, I'm not going to look at anything. So hopefully I'll get something done. Um, we'll see. I'd love, I'd love to actually get Christmas Eve's cause I don't think I've done it once. And that's my birthday. Like, I think every year um, I try it and then I just I'm like, this is my birthday. I'm not getting mad on my birthday and I close my laptop. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be good. Uh, I mean, my my goal for this year uh, was I was hoping to at least get the first part of every problem uh, or at least more than I did in the previous year. So I'm looking at the last two years that I've done this all the way through uh, 2022 and 2021. And in 2022, I made it to about day 11 
where I got the first part of each of them, and then it just it drops, and I don't. I got one star on day eighteen. I don't know how that happened, but I didn't get any stars in any of the others, and I don't know if that's because I just never got to them or they were too hard for me. Probably a mix. They were hard. Yeah, probably a mix of both. Uh, the year before that, in twenty twenty one. Uh, was pretty similar. I got the first star until day 10, and then there was a drop-off, and then there's, like, some stars here and there. Um, so this year is, uh, you know, pretty similar. Although, if the previous years are any indication, I am very close to the point where I'm just not, where I'm just not going to be solving these uh, in time to get a star. And so that's really all I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm hoping, like, I do hope... Because I've got at least one star all the way through nine. I would like to get at least the first star in ten. And if eleven is as easy as you say, it'd be nice to get both of those. And that would already be better than I did last year. And so that's my current goal. So I went and looked. Last year I got two stars. I don't know when I finished them all because some of them probably happened after. (laughs) But I got two stars all the way through day 20. Nice. Then I got one star on 21, 22, 23, and 25, and nothing on 24. <sighs> My birthday, the only day that has nothing. And I've never gone back to look because I just don't want to. Oh, no, sorry. That was two years ago. Okay. That was on tw- in 2021. Last year, I got two stars all the way up to 15, nothing on 16, one on 17 and 18, nothing on 19, two on 20 and 21, one on 22, two on 23, nothing on 24, and one on 25. So... <laughs> I think you're pretty much guaranteed to be able to get one on 25 because I think it just starts easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe not. No, actually, I don't think so. 25 was kind of complicated. Yeah. Uh, the full of hot air balloons one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I looked at that one because I think I'm misremembering that. that yeah, that's the, that's the thing with uh, like you said, as as this progresses, uh, you know, unless you're just able to like knock these out like right away uh the the i don't know there's just kind of a mental burden that just kind of grows and grows and and i just kind of lose interest in it after a while uh because because they don't get easier they 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 generally get harder and so if i if i can't hack the first the second week i'm not gonna be able to hack the third or the fourth week and so you know you just have to be aware of that that's just how these kinds of things go i still think it's fun to do as long as i do it I try to do a little bit better each year. That's kind of my goal. And thus far, I'm, you know, I'm on track to do that. So we'll see. I will say, I think it's worth looking at every day because Mm -hmm. it does change in difficulty seemingly with the, with the day. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, (laughs) there will definitely be ones that we can't do. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath that that won't be the case. (laughs) Yeah, th- th- there's always some just, you know, probably legendarily hard ones uh, that go down in the lore as being like, hey, do you remember that year when they did that thing? That that was, I, I, I don't know what that is for Advent of Code, but I'm sure there is one. I'm just opening up all of them. I, I did try my hand at like 2019. Uh, I did like the first one just to see what it was like. Uh, I think we both did, actually. I think I did, too. Yeah, I got two stars on problem one and never looked at anything else. Yeah, I, I, I did a few. I did like the first six days or so just to see how I could do. Um, probably just to make my feel, myself feel better after not doing the, the last 
bits of a more recent one, but I don't know. It, it, it's it's fun. I'm, I I still look forward to it, even though it, it's a struggle for me because it's not the kind of coding that I normally do. Uh, I, I'm I'm rewarding myself <laughs> by building a website chronicling my journey because that's my bread and butter, and I really like working on that. Even though Ruby on Rails is a bit of a fuss bucket every now and then, um, but it, it's it's like okay, I work on the problem for a little bit. Now we work on the website for a little bit. Now we work on the problem, look on the website, work on the website. So that, that's how I make it okay. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Advent of Code. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of Hacking the Grepson. Yes, that's who we are. Uh, about the day four through 10 of Advent of Code. Um, you can find other episodes uh, where we talk about previous years of Advent of Code and other programmer developing stuff on hackingthegrepson.com. And until the next time we talk, uh, we now return you to your regularly scheduled lives already in progress. 